This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is episode 63 of the Ridge Hunter Outdoors Podcast. It's me and Nate. Tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this, I'd actually thought about getting together and trying to record an intro, come up with something, and record our own intro. We can do that. I'll just have to, I could probably use this to record it, Mm -hmm. but do our own original thing. Uh, We could do that. Uh, I could play it. You'd need somebody else to figure out. Uh, you know, tell me what to play. You would have to tell me what to play. Right, right. Somebody else have no creative ability. Well, we'd have ability. to come up with something. I have no creative ability. We could surely piddle around and find something that sounded okay. But if you give me a track of what I'm supposed to play, I can play that. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. No, I had that thought, though. I actually had that thought a long time ago, and I mm-hmm. kind of forgot about it, but we should try to do that sometime. Yep. Um, I have listened to enough of the, uh, oh, the steel slides on the duck dynasty stuff uh, yeah you know uh when there's a strange pause or something we could throw in the yeah. you know the strange uh about a three fret slide uh-huh you know uh-huh. we could do that we'd have i'd wear that button out with jeff talking ah. <laughs> me too uh me yeah too. me too no today i got a couple things i want to talk about i was telling you a little bit about that one before and then uh just some statistics that came out from the nda the other day that I saw while I was scrolling Instagram, actually both of these I saw while I was scrolling Instagram the other day. Imagine that. Now the first one, I'll show you this and I'll kind of explain what we're looking at since everybody listening can't see it. So there's this buck and I won't say who posted it because we kind of know him. It looks like he has gotten in a fight with a barbed wire fence or maybe a cat, something. Anyway, he has this wound where his... Fur is kind of almost detached, but still around him. And it looks to be two and a half, three and a half year old deer. Three and a half of the oldest. Who knows, because he's probably pretty malnourished at that point, right? Gosh. So he could be three and a half. The question was, so he's got this pretty severe injury, right? You're saying barbed wire fence or a cat. I'm thinking uh, uh, disc, hay mower. Yeah. Or... uh, uh, potentially, uh, like one of them boats out there on the ocean with, <laughs> yeah. uh, with the five motors yeah. stretched on, and he got run through the props. Uh huh. It's ne- neither of those is very likely <laughs> uh, for a buck in the winter. Well, yeah, he, he's, that, that he, awful. That he's got a awful. significant injury. I've never seen anything like that. Like it's like you look at it and think, it pro- whatever it was probably should have killed him, mm-hmm. but it didn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a little something going on with his head too. But yeah, the way he was acting and walking almost seemed normal, you know. Mm-hmm. So there was a ton of comments, and apparently this deer, I'll throw this in now, lived for like two more years. Wow! And somebody found him dead mm-hmm. after that. So he lived to be either four and a half or five and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm really leaning towards five and a half because I figure, depending on when that happened. He was big enough that he could have been a three-and-a-half-year-old deer mm-hmm. there. Cause he's, he, he had a nice rack. He really did. Yeah. And for the body size, given that injury, didn't have to. all of his nutrition and anything he's getting is probably going to go towards fighting whatever yes. is going on there because he's yes. going to have all kinds of issues with infection, infection and all yeah. that and the healing process itself. So he lived to be at least four-and-a-half, maybe five-and-a-half. Mm-hmm. 
I'm leaning towards five and a half. But the question is, would you have shot that deer? And then I'll add some caveats in too. But because everybody in the comments was like, just not everybody, but a good portion of the keyboard warriors were in the comments bashing them. Because that's what we as hunters do, right? We just say whatever you're doing's wrong. <laughs> if it ain't what I would have done. So they were bashing them for not shooting that deer and just letting it walk. Mm-hmm. Instead of putting it out of its misery or whatever. Yeah. And it was all, everybody was on their high horse about ethics. Yeah. So I'm just curious, you personally, and I was wanting to ask the other two guys too, but mm-hmm. what you would have done in that situation. Just straight up. What would you have done? And then we'll, I'll add some more stuff. Nah. Because there's a lot of different variables. So he was moving good. Yep. He, he really was moving good. And it wasn't a fresh injury. Right. Because there wasn't any blood on there. It wasn't just dripping in blood. No, that's no. another thing I should have mentioned. It was, um, I mean, it was dry. Yeah. Per se. Uh, all that stuff was scabbing over. Mm-hmm. He, like on the back of his neck, you could see. Mm-hmm. He was moving good. Um, I always feel bad for those ones you see. It's carrying that leg and just look like they can't hardly go, mm-hmm. you know. Those are the ones, the ones that can't go, the ones that can't move. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the ones I think, man, they run into two or three coyotes, you know, and they're just yep. going to get stretched out, yep. um, you know, because they can't get away. Yeah, they have um, no chance. Those are the ones that I feel bad, and I'd, I'd like to see those, you know, not go like that. Right. Um, that guy was moving good. Mm-hmm. Um he wasn't a bad buck. I mean, he wasn't no giant. No. Uh, but he wasn't a bad buck. We'll just say for um, vagueness between 120 and 135. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be too specific because yeah. I'm sure some other people have seen it. Um, no, that guy, uh, I mean, if I didn't have a buck, I was specifically hunting. I'd probably, probably let him have it mm-hmm. um, because I didn't have something I was really wanting to kill and I mean, he ain't he ain't horrible, uh, but I mean, uh, he was pretty beat up too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, hey, ain't no shoulder mounting him. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh-uh, <laughs> you know? not unless you got another cape. Correct, um, man. That's a tough one. He was moving good though. He really was. Yeah. You know, um, when they're when they're moving super slow is when I always you mm-hmm. know it's when my mind always goes to that. Yeah, if you saw the back half of that deer moving through the brush, you'd have no idea there's anything wrong with it. Correct. Even if you saw the back half in his nose mm-hmm. or his rack, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, I uh man, I don't know. Um that's a tough one. If I didn't if I didn't have a buck I was really hunting, mm-hmm. you know, um or know anything nice in the area, I'd I'd go ahead and kill him, I think. Okay. Um but uh but I, I ain't saying that it's a for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it in the name of, you know, yeah, uh, doing him a favor, right? Finishing up the inevitable. I ain't gonna say that I do that, right? One hundred percent of the time, seeing that one there, mm-hmm. and that's even without knowing he lived for two more years. I kind of was thinking the same thing as you are. Mm-hmm. Like he does, he is getting along. He doesn't appear to be. I mean, obviously, he's probably in some pain, but. I figure most wildlife is probably pretty miserable most of the time, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. But they're also tough because they got to live outside. Correct. And that's the reason they only live for four or five years anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, seven on a good one. But yeah, I'm with you. I think I probably do the same thing they did and just film it, unless, yeah. like you said, maybe I don't have anything specifically I'm looking for. And here's where we get into some of the caveats of it. Like in Illinois, we got two tags. Correct. So if I've got two tags left and I don't know of any bucks that 
I'm specifically wanting to kill, mm-hmm. probably shoot that deer because, like you said, he is a decent buck. Yeah. And he is pretty mangled. Yeah. But, again, not just in the name of putting him out of his misery. Mm-hmm. So now, let's say you've got one tag left. Mm-hmm. Or you only have one tag to start with because, like, say, Iowa, unless you've got, you know, landowners and other types of tags, mm-hmm. we'll say you got one. I think maybe Kansas, you can only have one, mm-hmm. especially as an out-of-state. So we'll say you've got one tag. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go. Yeah, we'll just start there. You've got one tag. Shooting him, letting him walk. Oh, man. And let's say there's decent deer. You know that there's decent deer in the area. I know that I got some good ones around. Yeah, maybe not monsters, but... Man. Let's say he's on your property this year with those three deer that you had. Mm Mm-hmm. Before you had seen him on the hoof. Yeah. He's similar in size to that one that uh, Kaylee was calling the Circle 8. He's similar in size. I mean, pretty similar in size to that deer. Yep. And I had no want to kill that deer whatsoever mm-hmm. um, uh, because I knew what else was around. Right. I wasn't even super excited about shooting them. Right. But you um, hadn't seen them yet, so you didn't know. Correct. Um, like on the hoof, obviously. Correct. You knew. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Be, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You One tag and, and you know that you got something else you'd a whole lot rather shoot if you're going to. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, he was moving so good, yep. you know, if, uh, for me, that's what it comes, comes circles around back to, mm-hmm. um, like the ones that just can't go, yep. you know, they're busted up and they take two or three steps and they just stand because you, yeah. you know, they hurt. Yep. Uh, those are the ones. And something else is for sure going to get them. Yeah. 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 Coyotes is going to catch them. If you don't shoot them, they're dead the next week. Yeah. 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 Coyotes is going to catch them. Yep. And, and stretch them out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't like, I hate the idea of that. Right. You know, um, but yeah, that he was moving so good, Mm -hmm. you know, um, infection would be a rough way to go. Yeah. You know, but I mean, honestly, that all, it did just look flash and hide, Yeah. you know, um, Versus what was scabbed over and you couldn't see underneath. Yeah. You know. But again, he was moving so good. Mm-hmm. I uh I mean, he's moving good enough. He could jump your string still yet. And, oh yeah, uh, for sure. He jumped that fence. Yeah. You know, there is a part of that where he jumped coming into I don't know if it's a fence or not, but mm-hmm. he jumped something coming into the field. Yep. Um he uh yeah man, I don't know. Yep. I don't know if I'd wanna to use my only tag on that. I sure think I'd probably let him walk. Yep. If I, especially let's say you've got, you drew an Iowa tag Ooh. and now you're on either lease ground or public ground in Iowa. We'll say you're on lease ground because public ground, I'll probably shoot that deer anyway, but lease ground in Iowa, you've yeah. drew, drawn your one tag in the, the three years or whatever you've been drawing for you're it. in the Mecca. Uh-huh. I'm passing him. Yep. I know there's other deer bigger than him. He looks like he's going to make it. Yeah. I, yeah, I would, I'd have done what they did just videoed it probably. You're looking for the you're looking for the high school bucks. Yeah. And then here comes like the seventh grade bully who just got beat up. <laughs> yeah. You know. Right. And right. You're like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. It just ain't there. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Uh-uh. That's the thing too. Like, and I think some guys will use that as an excuse. I've seen it. Guys use it as an excuse. Not even a deer that size, but like a hundred inch buck or even like a four corner spike. Well, I just killed him and put him out of his misery. Mm-hmm. Like he had a nick on his right knee, you know, mm-hmm. I think he was all right. Yeah. 
<laughs> they're just using that as an excuse to kill a deer because they wanted to kill something. Chased a doe half a mile to get to you. <laughs> exactly. You <watched> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he was limping when he got there. His tongue was out. <laughs> but I think some guys will just use that as an excuse, which I think is dumb. I think if you want to shoot that deer, shoot that deer. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to make an excuse about it. But I yeah. do think that's probably where a lot some of those guys were coming from. Yeah. Some of those guys, I'm sure, that were commenting that stuff don't see bigger deer than that. True. So they just shot him whether he was healthy or not. Yeah. So they're just going to scream that those guys are unethical and all that because they're jealous of what they have. Mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with it. But I also don't think, I mean, to a point, we have to be stewards of the deer and all that, right? Yeah. And our resources. Oh, yeah. But I think there comes a point where it isn't our place to decide some of that stuff. Like what you're saying, if you got that one that's really mangled up mm-hmm. and you just know. And even in that situation, I think if, let's say you got one tag and it's that same buck, if you mm-hmm. don't want to shoot him, I mean, it's not, it is the wild, you know, like yeah. they die like that every day. Correct. But at the same time, I think it's, you know, I would shoot that deer if he was, if I thought he was going to get stretched out by coyotes, like yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. I think in that situation, I shoot him. I'd hate to see anything. Yeah. Go that away. Yeah. I know it happens every day, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I'm with you, but at the same time. If someone would, and I wouldn't post a video of that either, I would, if someone posted a video of a deer like that, I would be more apt to talk to him about posting the video of the deer rather than letting it walk. Because honestly, even in that situation, if you don't shoot that deer because you've only got one tag, or even if you have two and you just think you've got a chance to kill, you know, two other nice bucks mm-hmm. and you just didn't want to burn it on that deer, yeah, uh, you just let him walk because maybe... And I think there's options. You probably call the DNR. <clears throat> they might come put them out, put them yeah. down. Uh, but if you didn't know that and you just let them walk, I'm still not going to jump on and bash you on the internet yeah. about how horrible of a person you are and how poor ethics you have. Yeah. Because I think it's still a personal decision. Yeah. Because ultimately, that I don't think that's our. Uh, I mean, it is our place and it ain't our place. I guess I don't mm-hmm. know. I I think it's so there's so much gray area there. Yeah. It's not like a definitive. Because if it is our place, then we're not doing a very good job because we don't, you know, there's so many of them that die that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's hard to say that it is our job to do that. Yeah. Now, I do think maybe if they're put there in front of you, in my opinion, I'm going to shoot it mm-hmm. because I've got that opportunity. Not that obviously you have the opportunity to kill all of them that are like that, but I think it, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of gray area there. Yeah. When you're talking about it being ethical or not, yeah, I think it's hard to scream ethics at a person for letting a deer like that walk. Mm-hmm. Even a deer that's, you know, is not going to make it, depending on the situation. Yeah, you know, that one was moving just pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now, pretty if you're really talking was. about, I seen a video one time of a deer had its head stuck in a tree or something, and these mm-hmm. guys just went up to it and were beating it or whatever, you know. And I think they even got arrested. Oh man, that's an ethical issue. To yeah, me. yeah. In that situation, do I think you have to kill that deer? No, but maybe try to get him out of the tree. Yeah. At the very least, don't go up to it and, you know, abuse it. Yeah. But that's an ethical issue to me versus not shooting one that's going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though I'm I'm in the same boat you are. If it's one of those where I just, because I hate to see that for them, mm-hmm. you know, I'm probably going to kill them. And very rarely do we, in my opinion, very rarely do we actually see how tough these things really are. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because one time I had this little buck, and he just carried this one leg, you know, and he never would get close enough. I'm thinking, ah, if you'd come over here, I'd shoot you, you know, because, mm-hmm. man, he just moved so slow. Um, he wasn't doing any chasing or anything, you know. 
Um, I just always saw him. He was just trying to make it out of the thicket to the food, you know, and that's about all he ever did. Yep. One day I seen him run. I was like, my gosh, ain't nothing wrong with him. Right. You know, he could go. Yep. Um, now, I, I know that he hurt, you right. know, uh, but he still could go, and I thought he might come out of that, mm-hmm. you know. You have no idea what them things can can survive and stuff. Uh, there's a guy that we both know. Uh, lasts, not not this season, we're just finishing the 21 and 22 season. He was after this buck uh, that was very clearly hurt uh, when he was growing yep. that summer. He grew this big, wild, double-beam side, you know, mm-hmm. and he carried that one leg um, a little bit. Not too bad, but a little bit. Um, he moved kind of slower, but he still chased and everything. Mm-hmm. This year he did just fine. He grew back completely normal. He lost all that funkiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely still the same deer though. He's got some incredibly, yeah, uh, identifiable characteristics. Um, legs fine. You know, he does whatever he wants to do, uh, all the time. You know, he's, mm-hmm. uh, he's like five or six years old now. Uh, super mature buck. Yeah. Um, and if you'd have shot him for, you know, saying, ah, he's, he's got that hurt leg, you know, mm-hmm. he's healed up. He's doing just fine. Yeah. Um, he even got his rack back the way he used to be. Yep. And that's, I think, another case of us thinking about it in like human terms. Mm-hmm. Like if you see some guy dragging a leg around, <laughs> like get him to a doctor or something yep. or put him out of his misery. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't live outdoors in the harsh and we're not built to either. Correct. Like these things are. Yeah. 24 7 365 they're out there yeah rain snow shine yeah hail whatever mm-hmm. tornado they're out there yep they're which is again also why their lifespan's like at the most seven eight you see some in captivity live for 10 years maybe yeah maybe 11 yep but they're they're built for that um and most of the time, it's, again, seven years they're only going to live anyway. Mm-hmm. But they're just so much tougher than us when it comes to that kind of stuff. Be- oh, yeah. Because they're made to be. Yeah. Because they're going to have to go through that stuff living out in the wild. Yeah. Every hour, every minute of the day. Yep. Which is something I don't think we think about. Yeah. When it comes to evaluating how much either pain they're in. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's been some studies done on it. I don't know how. I'm not a scientist by any means. <laughs> If they can determine how much pain, like, a certain species or animal yeah. feels, yeah. like, I'm sure it's not the same as us. Yeah. Like, that deer that he's got that crippled leg, mm-hmm. it probably is not the same on a pain scale to him as it would be to us. Potentially, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I would assume. Yeah. If I've got my leg half cut off, I'm not running anywhere. Yep. <laughs> I might drag myself if I'm scared, but I you ain't might, running anywhere. You might quit chasing the ladies, Exactly. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna go lay down. I <laughs> yeah, I ain't still gonna try to breed them, you know. But yeah. so I think there may be some of that that goes on too. But yep, and back I mean, to you, my yeah, and you spook them, and those things take oh, yeah. off, and they just bounce off of trees and stuff, yep. you know, trying yep. to get away from you. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't know. They, they surely, uh, they're made different. Yeah, they are. Which is circling back to my my point there is. We don't think enough about them as as the wild animals they are. I think sometimes when judging that kind of stuff, we think about what we would be thinking and going through, mm-hmm. not understanding that it's yeah. just it's a wild animal, yeah. you know, and they're that's the kind of stuff they deal with every day. Yeah. So, like you're talking about, that one that's just kind of got a bummed up leg, mm-hmm. maybe it's something serious, 
majority of the time, he's probably going to be fine the next year. There's a good chance. And even if he's not, he's probably still going to be well enough to live, yeah. you know, especially a bigger deer. Now, if you've got a small deer, like a fawn that's got a bummed up leg and ain't moving too good, I mean, she's probably going to just go on, yeah. him or her. Yeah. But if you got a mature buck, if he's just a little bit slower, mm-hmm. it's still going to take a pretty good group of ballsy coyotes to want to take him down, Yeah. you know? I mean, they got to be really hungry or a good group of them because yeah. you just don't see that very often mm-hmm. unless one's really bummed up. Yeah. So that's something I think we lack thinking about in those situations too. But, yeah, on that original, like the video we were talking about, and I would tell you guys who it is and all that, but she so could go look it up, but I'm just going to keep that anonymous because to avoid any crap with that. So, But on that one, I think we're probably on the same page, like – he seemed like he was getting along good enough. Even not knowing he lived the next two years, I would have guessed he probably was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he had a good chance. Yeah. I wouldn't say that because who knows what's going on underneath there. But mm-hmm. the way he was getting around looked like, I mean, I absolutely believe he lived another two years. You know, yeah. I don't think they'd be making that up. Yeah. So. I, I, uh, <clears throat> I know that the neighbors made, uh, they shot a buck in the guts. Oh, like four years ago, five years ago, um, he would only get on me. I would get his picture on one of my cameras, the very furthest one, closest to their property. I'm about three-eighths of a mile from their property where they were seeing him. He'd hit one of my cameras on the edge mm-hmm. about every three or four days. Um, sometimes it was in the daylight, so I was wishing I'd be there, but it never, it never happened. I only saw him one time. Um, when I was driving around uh, on a bitter cold morning mm-hmm. where I did not go and I wish I would have went because if I'd have went, the stand where I would have went to, that was the spot that he was standing he out. He was in there the in daylight. Yeah. Yep, him and about, I don't know, eight or ten does standing out there, and I just could not believe my eyes mm-hmm. when I saw that. But it was also about five degrees that morning with uh, a super loud, crunchy snow. Uh-huh. You know, There's a good chance I would have spooked everything within 200 yards yeah, right. walking in. Anyway, uh, nah, you're pretty nimble. <laughs> I'm about as nimble as a water buffalo. <laughs> uh, but the neighbors shot him in gun season. Uh, they said they shot him in the guts. Um, they said they knew that they were up off of his belly a decent ways um, and just hit him pretty much midship. Apparently, they missed liver. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if they hit liver, wasn't he, he wasn't bleeding much. Um, but they said uh, they stayed with him. Um, the next, I don't, I forget, but they stayed with him long enough to where they could see that he had leaves on his side, um, like where he had laid and got yep. leaves stuck to him and apparently got the bleeding coming out stopped. Um, but I thought, ah, he's, he's dead somewhere. I thought, there ain't no way you can put something through the middle of him and the thing live, you know, I mean, through, through the cavity, not mm-hmm. the vitals, but through his abdominal cavity. You've got to have hit guts. You've, you've perforated those. He's going to have nasty infection. I mean, uh, I see that stuff in people all the time right. doing, doing what I do, you know. Yep. And I mean, uh, pe- people dies from that all the time. Yeah. I guess we're circling back to how tough these <laughs> things with fur are, uh-huh. you know. Uh, but anyway, that thing, um, they never did find him. They went uh, the next day to the woods where he went to, you know. And they said they searched everywhere. They got a dog in there, and they said they couldn't find no blood. They couldn't find nothing. I thought, ah, he's in a briar patch or a thicket somewhere, you know, like watch for buzzards. Mm-hmm, he's right. going to be there. Yeah. I could not believe it. The next year, uh, the neighbor kids 
the other direction, two miles, about two miles from where that deer was last known to be. They found his sheds. He was a big, slick Mm 12-pointer. They found his sheds two miles east. I'm in between uh, the two patches, you know. Um, They found his sheds. Uh, There ain't no way that there was another buck like this. Right. Pretty, Uh, yeah, you knew it was him. 170-inch slick 12, you know, Um, uh, but with some pretty identifiable little characteristics. Mm -hmm. Um, And the neighbors found those sheds. And I never knew that deer to be that direction. Right. I always knew him to be the other way. Mm Mm-hmm. But he lived from, uh, you know, November 20th, November 18th, right in there, first gun season, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. And he lived long enough to shed his horns over there, you know, the other way. Right. I'm thinking, good grief, that you would have never convinced me that that was. No. You know, um, also never know uh, of any buck. I don't have any idea what else happened to him. Right. Because I never had any other pictures of anything that, what I thought could have been him. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal to happen to him. He. He might have changed. I don't know. Oh, yeah. He could have just stayed where he, you know, that -hmm. far away. Or his rack characteristics, you know. uh, I never saw another deer that I thought could have been him. Right. You know. Uh, But anyway, I would have never, ever, I would have told you that there wasn't no way that that could have happened. That he could have lived with a gut shot. And I believe the neighbors hit him where they said they did. They said he's perfectly broadside, and they just put it through his guts. I don't Mm -hmm. know. You know, whatever happened. Yeah. They know they hit him about midship and up off the belly quite a ways. You know. Yep. Whatever happened. Yeah, and you shoot one of us like that, we're dead in what a day. I ain't walking without any medical treatment. Yeah, <laughs> just laying walking. down in the leaves. Yep. <laughs> Come get me. Yeah. Drag me out. I no, I ain't going nowhere. Yeah, and that guy, he took off across the field. Yep. He went a quarter mile across the field to another patch of woods. You know, yep. um, where he wanted to be back in. Yeah, I, that reminds me of one of the first nice deer I shot. Um, oh, it's been. Well over 10 years ago now, and, I mean, he was at 10 yards, and I was only probably shooting 50-some pounds at the time, but good fixed blade broadhead and just smacked that dude in the shoulder, right in the shoulder. Got, I don't know, 13, 14 inches of the arrow in him. Maybe not that much, maybe not quite that much, but I thought I'd smoked him when I first hit him. Of course, it was right at first daylight, and I couldn't tell. I didn't have any light knocks at that time. Uh, aluminum arrows so i had some even shooting 50 pounds i had some pretty good kinetic energy but anyway i mean it just smacked him and he run off and they stopped like they do and he went walking through the woods and we got down waited a while and we started tracking him and i mean it looked like you just took a bucket of red paint and threw that thing through the woods all the way through the woods tracked him across the field tracked him across the neighbor's property there where we were up around where we were at uh, looking mm-hmm. for that deer I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And through a creek, somehow we caught a little speck of blood coming up out of the creek where he'd come up out of it. And when we come up out of there, we saw a deer turn on a dime, full sprint, going back to the north. And we're just sure that was him. Mm-hmm. So in the span of, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight hundred yards or whatever it is, he went from hit that hard, Bleeding that much to sprinting right back across the field like nothing ever happened. Never yep. did find the deer. I'm sure you know, yep. I didn't kill him. You know yep. that was him, and I'm sure he was back to chasing does probably within a week. Yeah, this was in November, early November, but never did see him again. Like, he might have went off somewhere else, but mm-hmm. we're just sure that was him. Took off across there, and for him to just turn on a dime like that and take off sprinting with a busted up, even with a busted up shoulder, yeah, just amazing. 
Yeah. And there are so many places you can shoot them in. Like, you could still get pictures of them a week later. Yep. You know, like. Yep. I don't think the deer that, the first deer we went and tracked this year that I shot, mm-hmm. I don't think he died. Yeah. And I hit him in the middle of the body, you know, mm-hmm. low, I think. Yeah. But, like you said, about the center, the center line mm-hmm. of him. Yep. Front and back, and I don't think he died. Yep. You know. Man, they're tough. It's they, crazy. They really are. Yep. So that goes into, to kind of bring that back, that all goes into making that decision on that deer, whether you shoot him or not. And mm-hmm. There's a lot more into it than just, all oh, you're ethical or you're not because you didn't shoot that deer, I think. So the next thing I want to talk about, and you were talking about the 21-22 season. Mm-hmm. We talk about it a lot. That was a year, This was that would have been last year, correct? Yes, 21-22. Mm-hmm. Let me make sure I got that right. So that would have been last year's season. Talking about the number of bucks that we've seen mm-hmm. between 2020 and then 21-22. Uh, so the 20-21 season and then last year, not this past season that just happened. But we talk a lot about the shop. We saw, we've seen the number of bucks go way up mm-hmm. from what we've seen in the past. And the NDA just came out with the report from the season before this past one. Uh an estimated buck harvest of 2.9 million plus, which was the fourth highest in the last 10 hunting seasons, though it was down 2% from the highest buck average of the new century set in the year before, 2020. So 2020, which is the year that we saw the number of bucks just jump, and it was like everything that came in here with bucks, just the racks weren't quite as big as the last season, was the highest one in the new century. Uh, the highest on record, I think, was 1999. But since the turn, 2020 was the highest year, which we noticed up here, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the year after, it was only down 2% from that. So it was still up again, like 2.9 million, almost 3 million bucks harvested. Mm-hmm. The antler list harvest was 2.9. So the buck was 2.969. The antler list harvest was 2.963. And that was down 8% from the previous season, which fell back below the antler buck harvest. Um, So what we kind of saw at the shop, I thought that was interesting, where it was mostly bucks, and it was like we weren't getting any does in. That was the case, obviously, everywhere, Mm -hmm. which I think it said that was the first year, 12%. The previous season, antlerless harvest of 3.2 million was 12% higher than the season prior to that. So a significant, significant jump. So the antlerless harvest before that for however many years had been higher than the buck harvest. So even last year was one of the first years that it was lower again than the buck harvest. So I thought that was interesting based on what we saw here at the shop, even the last two years, not just last year, that that was pretty representative of what happened across the country, mm-hmm. as far as bucks to buck to doe at least. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about you know this past season not having the quite the quality necessarily sized deer that we had last year, but still a lot of bucks. So I'll be interested to see again what comes out next year if we were right on that again. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have guessed that there were more does harvested in twenty, but at the same time there were more guys hunting for meat. Yeah. With the COVID and all that. So that does make some sense. But then last year, I definitely would have, if you'd have made me guess for money or bet me, I would have bet that there were more bucks killed than does. And there were. Yeah. And I also think that uh, 
speaks to kind of the mindset of the current hunter like we talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. Like guys are out there to shoot bucks more now, I think. Yeah. And there's yeah. more more of them. I think our numbers are probably getting are probably better. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at that. I was looking at that chart shows back to like 2007. And if you look right around the big years from the EHD, ton of does harvested. Mm-hmm. A lot more than bucks. Yeah. Which makes sense. Up until like 2016, it starts to even out again, which mm-hmm. would have been four years after yep. the big hit. So that makes some sense. Yeah. But I think now we're at this, we're in a spot where we're killing more bucks. Uh, guys are out there just to shoot bucks. Mm-hmm. But that does kind of go back to... I forget which episode it was, but we talked about an article on issues with not killing enough does uh, from North American Whitetail here a few weeks ago, if you remember that, mm-hmm. uh, about how guys are maybe not as willing to shoot does now for whatever reason. I do think there is a balance. We're going to have to bring those numbers at least back to even. I think it's probably better when we're shooting more does than bucks mm-hmm. just to even out the numbers because if already like – what I tell people is if you can get a two-to-one buck-to-doe ratio or doe-to-buck, two does to every buck, around here, you're probably doing pretty good. Around here, yeah. Like, shoot for a one-to-one or yeah. even a two-to-one buck-to-doe. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a two-to-one doe-to-buck mm-hmm. as one guy hunting a property or even two guys hunting a property, around here, that's an, uh, I think that's an achievable goal and it's a decent spot to be in. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of places around here that are probably three, four to one. Absolutely. Doe to buck. Absolutely. But if we're shooting more bucks than we are does, then that's just going to increase that issue, mm-hmm. that problem, uh, yeah. which is, you know, which comes down to keep an eye on what's on your current property. But yeah, I thought all that was interesting, just that data, all the stuff that you could take away from what they found as far as just a buck and doe harvest goes, mm-hmm. and then how it related to what we saw up here. Yeah. I think. We could probably do a better job of killing some does, and I don't. I killed one doe this year, and obviously I shot two bucks, and I think I killed one, but we didn't find them. But I think it's pretty good practice, depending on your situation. If you are in like a two to one, or a, even a one to one, if you shoot a buck, maybe kill a doe, at least one doe. Mm-hmm. You know, just to keep things evened out. Yeah. Where if you shoot a buck, some guys will do two does for every buck. Yep. Which I think is. In your depending on your situation, probably a good thing too. Oh yeah. So I think I think it would be beneficial to have our antlerless harvest up again. I cannot figure out why Wayne County ain't got uh, Kansas. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> ain't got the uh, oh those late winter seasons. Yeah. Um, Which would make a difference here for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I believe we need it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that could have played into some of those. I forget when that went out, but that could have played in some of the antlerless harvest as well. Overall, uh, that's absolutely true. Because if you've got half the counties now or whatever it is that don't have that season that's a lot of those that aren't getting killed correct and the numbers are there for sure um yeah i mean i I was seeing i was seeing 20 a night um where where i wasn't being i wasn't able to see too far and i was still seeing 20 deer a night Mm -hmm. you know um like down there in the sprout patch yep uh, where we went you can't see 120 yards maybe you know yeah uh, maybe a couple directions um, and I've seen 20 deer a night in there and I know they weren't the same ones, you know, right. I mean, they're all moving through, Yep. you know, um, yeah, that, uh, there's plenty. I was driving around after season ended a couple of weeks ago now, right before dark down in the bottoms and 
in a cut bean field, and it was just dark enough. I couldn't tell if there was winter weed out there or not. If there was, it wasn't coming up very good yet. It mm-hmm. had to have been late planted. But just a cut bean field. And I counted 40, mm-hmm. and I know there was more back behind them, just out in the middle, congregated in this field. Yeah. It was dark enough where I couldn't see back all the way towards the timber, but I could count 40 deer. Mm-hmm just right there all in that one area yeah and there were deer all over outside of that too yep but when you can sit there and see that many deer congregated and like what dusty talks about i mean their numbers are ridiculous in the winter time yeah because they have the food but it's also because we have the number of deer around Mm -hmm. you know that they have that many more to pull in to where they're at Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know that the lawmakers or whoever is in charge of it in Illinois are looking at that data and are able to make heads and tails of it as it seems that they're unable to do with most things. So I don't expect any changes, Nah. but I would love to sit down with somebody who has some power over that or some influence on that and talk to them about it because something needs to happen in my opinion. All they want to know is how much money they can exactly. charge to sell a tag. The issue is going to be... Or the insurer, the car insurance yeah. lobbyists, you know. The, um, how the, many of these tags can we sell to keep our drivers from hitting them deer? Yeah. That, in my opinion, that's only two things that matters. Uh-huh. To it the is. Pe- to Seem, the sure that, seems like it. To the people that makes the rules. Yep. Unfortunately, most people that make the rules don't have any clue what goes on down here nah. south of 70. And definitely S- not in south. that... Outdoor South of world. 80, it's 80, right? <laughs> well, probably, yeah. But th- they don't have any clue. And part of that is their fault because they could. They could talk to people or they could go out and experience it for themselves. Part of it is not because you don't know what you don't know. But I don't think there's a lot of innocence in it, so I'm not going to give them too much credit. <laughs> but if we don't, I think if they don't do something about it and we as hunters don't do something about it or at least try to do what we can do, we're going to have an issues with, even if we don't have another big EHD or something like that, whether it be disease, wiping them out. Mm-hmm. Because you think about going out to a cornfield, if there's 20 deer going out there and eating and one of them's diseased, there's a decent chance that the rest of them aren't going to get mm-hmm. whatever it's got. Now yeah. you put 40 of them out there, yeah. and even if you just two of them are, you're so much more spread out, there's a lot more likelihood that more of them are going to eat on the same Mm-hmm. corn or whatever yeah and now that spreads through the rest of them yeah i think that could happen or just lack of food mm-hmm. because even in an ag area like this if you go out and look outside right now ain't if you ain't got winter wheat yep there's nothing correct they'll eat themselves to death literally because yep. there's just not going to be enough left for them yep and, and that's a real problem that could happen at some point if the population keeps going up yep in the last week or two i've noticed deer in the places you don't see deer unless they ain't got nothing. Exactly. Yep. I mean, they're uh, they're a long ways away from anything. Mm-hmm. A long time before dark, you know. Yep. Uh, and, of course, guys ain't in the woods now either. Like right. they have been. Right. You know, they're not feeling that pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're way out in the middle, and they're picking for whatever they can they're find. They're having to go find something. Yep. Which, right now, they're eating a lot of the whatever woody stuff is left in the mm-hmm. timber. You know, this time of year, they're going to have to eat that because that's what's left. Yep. If they don't have a food plot that you've got for them yep. that's still going, yeah. still got some something there for them, yeah. or again, your farmer doesn't put a cover crop down, yeah. or a farmer close to you, if one does, you can bet that's where the deer are going to be. Mm-hmm. 
and that's another issue too as far as the farmers go and you talk to any of them around here the guys i've talked to that i hunt on or that you know i've asked permission to and that they don't hunt yeah kill them all you mm-hmm. know kill every one of them things <clears throat> because they're so hard on you can walk down the edge of a bean field yeah. in september yeah and the first couple rows Ain't a thing. No. Yeah. There ain't a pod left on any of them if they're even, if they've even made anything because they let them get that high. Yep. You know, wildlife of any kind Mm -hmm. really is not beneficial to a farmer. No. But, and that's going to be, that's going to have some effect on them, Mm -hmm. you know, even as the numbers get higher there. Yeah. Of course, if, if that was my, my income, mm -hmm. you know, and I realized the potential gains that I lose. From them things coming out and eating my beans just, you know, mm-hmm. every single night. Yeah, I, yep. you know, and the groundhog that camps right there on the edge. <laughs> right, and, rabbits. And just decimates it, yeah. That yeah. was pretty interesting in Jeff's plot. Mm-hmm. The beans that we got planted out there, the first, well, they were running the opposite way, so it wasn't like the first few rows. But I'd say probably the first 10 foot in, outside of the tall weeds, those beans just didn't make mm-hmm. hardly anything because yeah. that's about as far out as the rabbits felt comfortable going. That's right. And they just kept them down. That's right. You know, everything else grew good, but yep. where the rabbits were. So, if, of course, there's not as many of them around as there was at mm-hmm. one time. Yeah. If you don't have the I, cover for them. I but do think they're making a comeback. They really In do. places where there's cover, mm-hmm. I've seen them, mm-hmm. you know, which, like the places we've went and done some stuff or there at Jeff's where we've added some more. Mm-hmm. Some cover in places. We've taken some away from them, but added food mm-hmm. and a little bit of cover in different places. And his woods now is just so thick. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of them there at the cabin. You know how thick that is. Yes. I mean, there ain't nothing killing them in there. Yeah. But, you know, them, but the deer, I think that's an angle that could be worked too, is not just coming from the deer hunters, but coming from the farmers. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something that would have a little more influence on the people making the laws because there's a lot more economy coming from agriculture than there is from deer hunters there's a lot more let's see if the state was farming and then they realized Uh that the deer was eating then it'd be open season yep you're right (laughs) so there's got to be somebody that's 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 probably bad i I shouldn't i probably shouldn't say all this like Uh that but uh i'm not sure how it feels and looks yep you know there's guys in the ag industry that have enough stroke in springfield Mm -hmm. or chicago that Maybe yeah. that's something that could happen. But I do think, like I said, I would love to sit down with somebody that was in that field, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, and talk to them about it because it, yeah. it could potentially be a real issue. Yeah. Oh, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, I uh, I mean, this is uh, uh, my father-in-law. He's farmed his whole life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole lot of them. The majority of the people that I'm around all the time, they're farmers. You mm-hmm. know, I, I understand this is a problem for them. Right. You know. I like shooting deer too. Right. Know, I, I like trying to grow big deer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the stuff, uh, the stuff we're doing, you know, that's we're we're trying to make the deer better. Um, and we could say that we're trying to keep the deer out of their stuff, right. uh, out of the crops, right? Right. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, and I think, in a way, to make the deer bigger too, though, is we have to keep those doe numbers at a reasonable mm-hmm. amount because, like we talked about before. If you've got so many does in your area, that buck's going to try to breed as many does as he can. Mm-hmm. It's just built into their DNA. That's mm-hmm. what they do to survive is yeah. breed. It ain't like us. They go out there and it's in there. It's instinctual for them to breed every doe that they come across that is in heat. Mm-hmm. So if you've got 20 does that that buck's got to breed, mm-hmm. we'll just say in his little area, yeah. he's trying to breed 20 does 
between the first of November and say the first week of December, mm-hmm. he's going to be busy for that whole month, six week span. Mm-hmm. He's going to be wore out come the middle of December. Yeah. If you shrink that number to ten mm-hmm. or five for that one buck, then he's got his breeding done in two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot more intensity rut. Higher intensity rut, so you're going to have a better chance of killing that buck, too. Because mm-hmm. he's going to be moving. Yep, because he's going to be, after those does, in that shorter window, it's going to be more predictable. Yeah, He ain't going to be as sporadic, spread out over six weeks. And he's going to be have a lot more time after he's done breeding to go back to building up his nutrition, getting mm-hmm. ready for the winter, Yeah, and getting where he needs to be physically, so then all the extra stuff that can go into growing antler growth, mm-hmm. which is going to grow bigger deer. Yeah. So it all goes, it all plays into that as well. Oh, yeah. And you've made a very strong case before uh, on too many does. They just eat themselves out of, of everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got you got this much food, mm-hmm. um, whatever whatever area you got, you know, there is. Uh, you have a holding capacity. Correct. Yeah. There's going to be, you know, what, what the habitat that you have on your place uh, or in, you know, you and the neighbors combined, whatever, you know, a certain area. There's there's only so many deer that's realistically going to want to stay there mm-hmm. before they start getting nervous and uncomfortable. Right. And simply not enough food to supply anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd want to stay well below that threshold to know that they're all healthy. Yeah. And that there is plenty for the ones that you got. Yep. You'd rather, I know that you'd rather take care of the ones that you got well than trying to have more than you really can and not doing any of them any good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and deer don't understand rations. Mm-hmm. That's another. That's another thing where we got to think about them as wild animals and not humans. I don't either. <laughs> yeah, but if <laughs> even you, if you said, if you knew you had ten pound of corn to last you two months, mm-hmm. doggone, we're gonna have a great three weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what exactly. That's the way that the deer are gonna go about it. They're just gonna as as soon as they can get that ten pounds eaten, it's gonna be gone. Mm-hmm. You know, but. Whereas we're going to try to at least, we're going to try to make that last as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll go find more. Mm-hmm. They're just going to eat all of that. And then if there ain't none left, who knows how far they're going to have to go to find more. We're walking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then in the harsh of the winter, it doesn't take very long for them to lose a lot of yeah. body mass and health. Yeah. And then the next year, if they do make it, you have a lot less healthy herd mm-hmm. just from the amount of food that was available. So. Yep. And that plays into not only your your deer herd, but also like you said, like your habitat management and how much brow, natural browse you have and your food yep. plots and all that those ratios. But I do think before you do that stuff, because you can do all that stuff, and if you still have too many deer, like you said, for your area, all you've done is feed them for another two weeks, mm-hmm. and then after that, it's still going to be you still got too many deer. So I think that's something that guys, and maybe that's a point there if you have a limited budget but you're still trying to grow big deer and you can only do so much. One thing you for sure can do is kill some more does mm-hmm. if you have too many deer in your area. And then you're going to see a benefit, a definite benefit from that, in yep. my opinion. And that's if, if they're too high. If you got good deer numbers and good buck-to-doe ratio and all that, and you're not over your holding capacity in your neighborhood, then mm-hmm. by all means do what you feel you need to do. Yeah. But if you are in that, that bad spot where we could potentially end up especially with guys not killing as many does, then it's something you got to look at. And that could be hugely beneficial if you go out there and shoot some does next year, If you killed, even if you kill two. Because that's two does plus maybe a couple fawns apiece. Mm-hmm. So that's six deer mm-hmm. that you've taken out just from 
burning two fifteen dollar doe tags or whatever they are. Yeah. So there's a lot of benefit in that, I think, if you need to do it. But it all goes back to also we're kind of ones that have to be responsible for that, I think. Because the state's not gonna help us out any. So you have to do it on your micro level because on a macro level it's just not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Unless Someone with enough strokes going to have to get with the right people and talk to them about it and make things happen. Yeah. There's got to be a reason. There's a pretty good reason, and it has a lot to do with the color of the states, but that Missouri and Iowa have a lot better conservation programs than we do. Mm-hmm. And Missouri's is not great, but it's a lot better than Illinois. Yeah. You know, and I think Iowa, as far as, especially as far as deer go, there's a reason they're the Mecca, mm-hmm. and they know it. And they do a good job, even at the state level. Yeah. And I'm sure there's things guys up there would change and do different. Mm-hmm. But compared to what we've got here, I think they just do so much a head and shoulders better job than our state does. Yeah. So which puts more on us as an individual hunter that we have to take care of. So then you think about it, how good might we have it? And we don't, we're not seeing the full potential of it because of the way things are managed. And we're still, uh, we've still got, tremendous deer we really yeah. do yep um where you know the guys in iowa their their system uh the management really seems to be top notch yeah uh, and like they, they've got excellent deer but we're seeing it too um and even even though ours isn't managed nearly as well as theirs what mm-hmm. could ours be right yep which i think and you know again we can sit here and blame the state because there is a lot that they could do, especially on ground that you can't, we can't do anything about. Mm-hmm. Like there's certain places that you either can't hunt, people won't let you, whether or it's public ground that is state managed. Mm-hmm. We can still at least do our best to manage what we can control, what we can control yeah. and make it as good as possible. Because I think there is still, like what you're talking about with the potential, unlocked potential for the deer that we could have. Mm-hmm. There's obviously that there with the lack of management from the state. But I do think there's still a significant amount of potential that we have not reached on an individual level because of the lack of management from deer hunters, not just on the state level. There's Um, still a lot of guys that are not necessarily practicing the best management. And you can still go out there and hunt the way you want to hunt and kill the deer you want to deer, kill the deer you want to kill while managing them properly. Yeah. Whether it be providing them, you know, good nutrition Killing, even if you want to go kill that spike buck, kill a doe after you kill him, mm-hmm. you know, or kill a doe instead of that spike. Maybe you don't have that opportunity, but if you got neighbors that you can talk to and maybe try to get on the same page, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't necessarily have to be for you about making bigger deer, but it could be about making healthier deer and healthier herd overall, yeah. which in turn is going to create bigger deer. So I think there is a lot of potential that we haven't reached because of hunters on an individual level as well Mm -hmm. so and then i think once we get to that once we reach that point where we're a lot farther along and how well we're doing then maybe we could work on the state level yeah you know what i mean yeah we gotta do all we could do first absolutely i can't sit here and say it's the state's fault that i'm not seeing booners right on on my you know yeah however much i hunt yeah it ain't it ain't like that right um but yeah it uh uh, there could be, it could all be, uh, things could be better. Yep. For sure. Absolutely. And they probably always will be able to be better. Mm-hmm. But 
again, if we can get, like you said, instead of just sitting around and blaming someone else, there is a lot that we can take into our own hands and, and do ourselves yeah. and make better. So I think if we yeah. do that, then we can kind of work towards maybe getting some legislation and all that stuff as a group of hunters because mm-hmm. it's going to take a big group. I mean, it ain't just going to be one guy, yeah. you know, that does something about it. So that's pretty much everything I want to talk about this week mm-hmm. or everything I had. All, so. all that being said, I... uh Still have some big uh, habitat uh, ideas that I want to try to get done this spring. Yeah. Excited about the prospect of that. Yeah. Hopefully and that's what, like, we're in this room already trying to practice good management the mm-hmm. best we can. Mm-hmm. And even every year, like what you just said, we're still looking at stuff we can improve. Yeah. And trying to do better every year. Do a little bit. Yep. Assess. Did it work? Did it not? Yep. Uh, and if it did, Yeah. No matter how, how good we, we thought we better? did this year, yep. we're still trying to get better next year. Absolutely. Yep. I want I want the little bit that I do have to play with, I want it to be just as good as it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, it ain't. Uh, I've got more than a lot of, I got more than a whole lot of guys, you know, to play with. Yep. Um, I got way less than some people yeah. to play with, you know. Um, but what I got, I want to make it just the best I can uh, for what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to make it something it's not, but what... What can I do to make it the best, you know? Exactly. Um, and with the neighbors and everything in mind, you know, um, what uh, what can I do to grow the biggest ones that I can, yeah. you know? Because um, imagine if everybody had that mindset, if you got 40 acres, mm-hmm. if you just try to make that 40 acres the best 40 acres it can be yep. based on what it already is yep. and what you think you can do to improve it, and then your neighbor does that as well on his yeah. 120. Yeah. And then his neighbor does it on his 80. Then you've got 240 acres of prime deer habitat. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the neighborhood's going to benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Even if you've got 10 acres or 20 acres, that piece of the cabin's 10 acres. Mm-hmm. But there's still more stuff I want to do to it because I know I can make it better yep. for the deer herd in the neighborhood. Yeah. I'm not planning, I can't hold bucks on 10 acres. Yeah. You know, unless I'm just have the spot that he's wanting to bed that year mm-hmm. as somewhere on that 10. I'm not. That's the max, one buck, probably one mature buck, you know. But I'm still going to try to make that 10 as attractive and as beneficial to the deer herd as I can for the whole herd around. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do as much with that 10 acres as I can do. Yeah. And I think if everybody had that mindset, then think of the snowball effect. Yep. That's right. Everybody that's managing ground for deer, everybody that's hunting on private ground that has something they can do with it, because there's permission farms like I have. That permission farm I'm hunting that's 160. I can't. Mm-hmm. I just can't do much with it because correct. It's not mine to do with. Yep. You know, but if it's ground that you can do stuff with, there is enough of that kind of ground out there that people aren't doing things with. Mm-hmm. If they could get on the right page and have some good direction and do something, you know, a little bit's going to help as long as you're not doing it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Then we're really going to see a benefit from that. Yeah. Just everybody in general. Yeah. Because like you said, you just, you've got more than some people, but less than others, but mm-hmm. you just try to make it as good as you can make it. And then you know what's going on in the neighbors and whether they're helping you or not, at least, at least you're doing what you can. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, maybe your neighbors see what you're doing and see that you're having some success with it. They get a little excited too. And then they want to do it. Yeah. Or they start asking you questions about it. Mm-hmm. And then that's not the time to be that jerk neighbor that doesn't want to tell them because you want to keep all the deer to yourself. Correct. Because if they're doing it, there's likely going to be more bigger deer around. Mm-hmm. So your, your opportunity is just going to grow. 
Yep. It's not like they're going to steal the deer from you. No. Nah. Could that happen? Could they pull a buck from you that you had? Sure. Yeah, you could likely do the same from them. Exactly. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, though, there's just going to be more targets out there for you. Yeah. Because maybe now you, on that, you got 200, say your neighbor's got 200 that you manage. Now maybe instead of having four bucks there, you've got six or eight mm-hmm. that are potential shooters for you. Yep. So you've just doubled your chances at seeing a buck because he's using both properties Yeah. instead of just one or not at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe he pulls them from the neighbors on the other side of him that aren't that's ground that can't be managed for deer. Maybe mm-hmm. it's all mostly ag ground. Maybe he pulls some bucks to him and then they get on him and you pull them from him and vice versa and you guys got deer using the same two properties. Yeah. You know, you've seen benefit from it. So I think that's another thing too that a little bit goes back into the first conversation we had about the guys commenting about how unethical guys were. We're so quick to jump to judgment on other guys hunting and want to run them down and not help them out. If we were mm-hmm. more, if we would lend a helping hand, I think more often. Oh yeah. Than just running everybody down or trying to keep things to ourselves instead of trying to help and put good information out there and sharing what we've learned, what mm-hmm. works, what doesn't work. If we would do more of that, we'd be better off in general too. Oh yeah, no doubt. And that's just in life in general, but even you know, especially in managing deer. Yeah. You know, there's no reason that you can't expand. The amount of good ground around you just by being friendly with your neighbors, mm-hmm. getting them on the same page. Yeah. And maybe they don't, maybe they just don't want to be on the same page. Even if it's, maybe they want to manage it a little better. So they ask you questions about that, but they're still killing three and a half year old deer. Mm-hmm. You're still, even still, you're going to have more potential because they can't kill them all. Correct. For bigger deer to be on your property mm-hmm. more often. Yep. So I think that's something to keep in mind too. But that's, you got anything else? I don't think so. All right. That's almost an hour, so mm-hmm. we'll wrap this thing up. I did mention, if you guys follow us on Facebook, we got, and it was on the Full Draw Friday episode. Hopefully you guys checked that out. If you didn't, go back and listen to it. Talked about some uh, food plot prep this week. Uh, getting ready for, because it's going to be here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Frost seeding season's pretty much already here. I mean, this next month or so. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't go like, listen to that one, I think it was episode 13. Go check it out. But we partnered with... Uh, Rodney Hawkins, he's our newest partner on the podcast. And what he does is he helps guys find a piece of ground to manage or hunt themselves. So all the stuff we're talking about, if you're looking for that piece of private ground that you can manage and put all this stuff, these things that we're talking about to work and see them in practice, if you're looking for that place to do that, Rodney's the guy to talk to. He grew up hunting and fishing here in southern Illinois, and he's now putting his love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. Uh, If you haven't heard of those guys, Midwest Farm and Land, they're not really your average real estate company. Last year, they sold over $85 million worth of ground. So they're not a typical real estate company where I know they do do some residential stuff and things like that, but their bread and butter is recreational properties for guys looking to do the things we're talking about. And they've got agents like Rodney all over Illinois, so they're really a local company with a national reach. Uh, For more information, you can contact Rodney directly at 618-925-3153, and he'll get you taken care of. He also has recently started his own company called RG Outdoors. Uh, They currently have hard and soft-shelled blinds and blind chairs, all from Radix Blinds, in addition to an all-natural scent elimination product called Camo Dust, which I don't have any experience with. I don't know if you've ever messed with that or not. Um, you guys can check more, 
Check that out at camodust.com, though. Get more information on that, or you can talk to Rodney about it. As for the blinds, Nate actually spent a lot of time in the soft-sided Radix blind this season, and from talking to you, even going and sitting with you in it, uh, pretty mm-hmm. happy with that. Very, yep. I uh, just went yesterday and took the cover off, uh, get it put away for the off-season. Yep. Uh, stores very nicely. Um, surprisingly, that thing is like the biggest uh, beanie hat that you can imagine. Yeah, uh, and just I slips get, on and slips off? Mm-hmm. Really? Um, I got it folded up very nicely into a, uh, a big garbage bag uh, to be put away for the off-season. Um, should last for a really long time mm-hmm. uh, doing that, you know. Yep. Uh, and again, uh, you can have three of these things for the price of uh, one of the big ones. Yeah, know? one uh, of the bigger hard-sided. Yep. Yep. Very pleased with this thing. Yep. And I thought the windows were pretty quiet for zipper windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thermal protection was pretty good. That thing's pretty good as far as wind and cold. Yeah. I think if a guy was out there on like one of those mornings you're talking about where it's five degrees. I think you could throw a heater in there and maybe zip up one extra window and, mm-hmm. and be pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are interested in those blinds or anything else that Rodney has at RG Outdoors, uh, you can send them a message to their Facebook page, which is just RG Outdoors. Uh, you can email them, rgoutdoors at yahoo.com. Or again, you can call him directly at 618-925-3153. So anything he's got there. I know he's got some new products coming up too that he's going to have uh, – he said he was working on getting, hopefully within the next couple of weeks or something, I think. So go check him out. Again, newest partner, so we're excited about that. Our other partners for the podcast, as you guys may know, uh, Grandpa Ray Outdoors. They specialize in providing the best nutrition for white-tailed deer on your property, starting with the soil. They offer a full line of high-quality food plot seed and plant foods. They were started in 2015, but John up there has been in the seed and nutrition business since 91. They've got over 14 different food plot blends to choose from, so you're not going to have any trouble finding what you're looking for. They've got fall and spring blends, corn and beans, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, soil test kits, you name it. They've pretty much got it. They're not just about selling their products, so any questions you have about what blends would be best for your specific property or your situation, that way you can achieve the best results possible. They're going to answer those for you. Uh, Like us, John and his team don't believe in a cookie-cutter approach to wildlife nutrition. They'll treat you and your situation individually. And again, they're not about just a fancy label or package. They're about good quality seed and taking care of their clients. And you'll notice a theme here with all of our partners. This is stuff that we use, whether it be the blinds with uh, Rodney, the the seed from Grandpa Ray's. We've used this stuff. Nate's used it all over his property. We've used it all over the Midwest on client properties, uh, on Jeff's, on any of mine. We're putting down Grandpa Ray's seed. I've been more than pleased with everything that I've put in the ground from him. Mm-hmm. Uh with the amount of actual good seed you get for your money. I think a lot of guys struggle with, they look at the price of that uh, two-pound bag of Grandpa Ray Outdoor Seed versus the two-pound bag of X brand on a Walmart shelf, and they think it's kind of high. But when you actually get to looking at the amount of seed you get, it's actually cheaper to buy the good stuff mm-hmm. because you're getting more bang for your buck, more more actual seed and not all the inert matter and coating and all that mm-hmm. stuff. As you would be with the other stuff. Or the stuff that's been sitting on the shelf in Walmart for four years. Correct. Or seeds that are not necessarily beneficial or are just there for the name of them Mm -hmm. that take up space in a bag that they can charge more money for. So go check them out if you guys want to support us at GrandpaRayOutdoors.com. Use discount code RHOPODCAST. That's all lowercase, no space, and you'll get 5% off your order there. So, again, that's a way you guys can support us and support your deer herd. 
and get yourself some good food plot seed if you're going to do any of that stuff this spring. Make sure you get that ordered soon, too, because I know, uh, again, it's coming up quick. Sometimes with shipping and stuff, it gets a little off. You, you don't want to be waiting for something and miss your window of planting. So if you can get that stuff ordered now, you're going to be in a lot better shape. I do have some of it in the shop. I'm going to try to get some more. So if you want to come see us about it or see me in the shop, I'll get you hooked up. Another one that we use, um, at least some guys we know use over in Missouri, is Rack's Big Game Supplements. They're a veteran-owned company out of northeast Nebraska. They're deer, hunter, they're deer hunters just like you and me. At the time when they developed the Rack's products, they were just looking to get more out of the feed and mineral market than, than existed. They've developed their products through years of research and came up with one of the best mixes available that's going to help improve your herd's overall health while not feeding non-target species like the raccoons. They've got minerals, protein blocks, pelletized feed, and meal feed. They're all specifically designed for whitetails. And if you guys want to go to their website and check them out and support us at the same time, you can use discount code RHO22. That's capital RHO and the number 22. At checkout, and you'll get 5% off your entire order at RaxMineral.com, R-A-K-S-Mineral.com. Or you can stop by the shop and see what I have here. I know I've got some of the bag mineral left and maybe one protein block from those guys. Had a lot of success with uh, where we've used that, like on Rod's property and all that. We talk about all the time. That's another way to support your deer herd's overall health. If you combine that stuff with the Grandpa Ray Outdoors food plot seed, if you're running plots and some minerals and some protein, I think you're definitely going to see a benefit from that kind of stuff. Definitely can't hurt anything. So check them out if that's what you're wanting to do. You can also support us by going to ridgehunteroutdoors.com. Anything you find on there. We've got our own blend of clover and chicory that we really like. I know you've frost-seeded some of that Mm -hmm. uh, last year. That's what we've got at Jeff's property. I've obviously used it in the past, put it on a bunch of client properties as well. It's grown well all the way from Oklahoma to eastern Kentucky and north and south, everywhere in between, almost down to Tennessee, uh, and, of course, here at home too. So we really like it. If you want to get some of that order to do your frost seeding or even some new planting this spring, use the discount code RHOPOD, that's all caps, and you'll get 10% off of that. Or anything else on the website, you can use that same discount code. Also, uh, it's getting into consulting season, so if you have a property and you're just not sure what to do with it and you want to get on, you want to get started with some management stuff, but you want to do it the right way and get a good start so you're not wasting time and money, we can help you out with that. And that's, again, at RidgeHunterOutdoors.com. There's a consulting and management tab. Click on that, and you can find all the information on that. Send us a message. Uh, we'll get you set up. You can also go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there. We're still doing that giveaway. Once we hit 25 reviews on there, we'll pick a name. One of the 25 people will win a Wild Game Innovations trail camera package. It's the trail camera, it's the batteries, it's the SD card. It's like a $90 value just for going spending two minutes of your time and, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, which really helps us out. I know it doesn't seem like a big thing, but it helps put us up towards the top as far as uh, suggested podcast and all that. So big benefit there. Also, follow us on Spotify. kind of does the same thing, and it keeps you updated when stuff comes out. Another way to do that is to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way you'll know, I think you got to hit the notification bell too, you'll know when any of our podcasts come out, you'll know when any of our new videos come out, like we're going to do some this spring. I'd like to do some more on your property mm-hmm. at some point, just yep. see what you got going, especially if you're going to do that new project. Yes. I think it'd be cool to do some, kind of like what we did at Jeff's last year. Mm-hmm. We could almost do kind of a vlog on it, yeah. uh, do some drone footage, oh, yeah. uh, some ground footage, talk about what we're doing and all mm-hmm. that. I'd like to do that at the cabin too, that project that I was going to do last year. If I get to doing it this year, uh, hopefully sometime next month or in March, I'll get to start on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But all that stuff will be on our YouTube channel. 
So you guys can go subscribe to that so you know when that comes out. And then like and comment on any of the videos. That also helps us out. Uh, that's pretty much all I got. So we appreciate you guys tuning in every week. We set a goal coming into this season um, for the podcast, and we're real close to hitting it. So thanks, guys, for that, for tuning in each and every week um, and letting us take up some of your time. So hopefully you're learning something and enjoying it. We're at least entertaining you. Uh, We'll catch you guys again next Monday.